Hello and welcome back. This week we hear in the Gospels, I suppose probably one of those sayings of our Lord Jesus that is most regularly known and perhaps even quoted in other contexts. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. Now we know from our own experience as well as from listening to Christ many times that his teachings are always clear, but they're not always simple to carry out. And this is one reason why through holy baptism and confirmation, Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit to abide with us. We certainly need the guidance of the Holy Spirit many times to make prudent and even courageous decisions to live as Christ expects us. So this Sunday's Gospel features one such teaching that is very clear, but complex. When Jesus says, give back to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God, it highlights the fact that it's not just our own time in history where the relationship between the church and the state is fraught with complexity and peril. It has been the case since Christ himself. Otherwise, those who came to him with the coin would not have been trying to entrap him. Yet God sets the record straight in the other scripture texts of today's sacred liturgy. In the psalm we hear, Proclaim to the nations, God is King. And in the first reading from the prophet Isaiah, I am the Lord, unrivaled. So, we are taught through Holy Scripture that God is the Lord of all things, even politics and government. Throughout history, nations and governments have risen and fallen, and all of that has happened by God's permission. No nation, no government has any authority apart from what God has given to it, that which is given from above. As our Lord said when he was dragged by the Sanhedrin before judgment, before Pontius Pilate. In effect, God says to every ruler what he tells King Cyrus in today's first reading, I have called you even though you do not know me. The Church teaches us that the ordering of human society and the prosperity of people requires some to be invested with legitimate authority to preserve a nation's institutions, and so that the good of all may be protected and promoted. Having legitimate authority is also necessary for the unity of the nation-state. As Jesus points out masterfully in the Gospel reading, authority does not derive its legitimacy from itself. When monarchs, presidents, prime ministers or premiers see themselves as the source of their own power, there is a trajectory towards tyranny and despotism. 
Governments must always act for the common good and respect the freedom of their citizens and ensure the morality of whatever decisions they make. The Church also makes it clear to us and has throughout the generations that if rulers were to enact unjust laws or take measures against the moral order founded by God, such laws or arrangements would not be binding in conscience and can be resisted. That is why the rule of law is so important. It is a safeguard and a protection for a society and a nation from the whims and the arbitrary will of its rulers. Now the fact that all authority comes from God puts demands upon citizens as well. We must be subject to legitimate authorities and follow the rule of law. Doing this though does not mean that we cannot voice just criticisms of what we see as harmful to personal personal dignity or harmful to the good of the community. Indeed, at times, we must do that, and legislators must listen. So therefore, citizens are morally obliged to pay taxes, to exercise the right to vote, and to defend one's country. On an aside here, we must remember too that, in spite of the current trend of globalisation, patriotism, that is a love of one's homeland, is an expression of gratitude and is contained in the Fourth Commandment's directive to love and honour one's parents and, by extension, the nation that has given us a home. Patriotism has the Latin origin from the word pater, meaning father. So love of family and love of country give honour to God. While the Church must not be confused with the political structures of our society, the Church has a role in the political discourse of a nation. The Church has the right and the mission from Christ to pass moral judgment even in matters related to politics. Wherever fundamental human rights or the salvation of souls requires it. Faith is not private because real faith influences one's actions, roles and responsibilities in the human community. While in what Jesus says in the Gospels, he guards against an over-interference by religious authorities in the the affairs of the state, but because it is the Son of God who is speaking, then we know he also warns against a hyper-separation of church and state. Every Christian holds dual citizenship. Our birth, or oath of citizenship, has made us citizens of an earthly nation. Our baptism makes us citizens of a heavenly kingdom. Sometimes they overlap, but in the end, our earthly citizenship will come to an end. Through the centuries, the many Christian martyrs have taught us that if we are ever forced to choose between the two, 
If ever Caesar tries to take what belongs to God, we must be faithful to our true everlasting homeland, even if it means suffering and death. Yes, there are things that will properly belong to Caesar, and those claims deserve respect. But it must never be forgotten that Caesar himself belongs to God. Praise be Jesus Christ.